Greetings and welcome to the broadcast. I'm your host, Maggie Cavanaugh. And today I have a powerful testimony from my brother here, Jason. He is like literally a walking testimony of what God can do whenever you surrender yourself to Christ. So we are excited to hear it here today. Uh, please share this out with anyone that needs a word of encouragement and or deliverance, because so many people think things will never change. But with God, all things are possible. So, Jason, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, good morning. Good morning. So glad that you're here today. Uh, I love your testimony. You know, Michelle Lindsay was telling me about you and your and your story. And then when you sent me, you know, your bio, I was like, man, he gets it. He gets it. Because without Jesus, it's really hard to get past any of that. So why don't you take a few minutes, you know, and share with us your testimony? Well, um, my testimony is just a testimony of his power and his strength. Um, and of the Holy Ghost, um, because there's there's really no other way to be set completely free from anything. Um, we can we can change what we're addicted to, or we can change what has a hold hold of us, but we we can never be really truly set free without the power of the Holy Ghost. It's, it's just a story of power, really. Um, I there love was it. A, there was a power that had a hold of me. And, and, a, and, a, and a power that, that had a grip on me for, for 17 years. And um, I didn't realize at the time that, that that power really, I was giving it a right to be there. Right. It, it really doesn't have any power. It has a legal right that you can choose to give or choose not to give it. And I was making a choice to give darkness the power over me. And I spent, I started out when I was uh, about 12, 13 years old. I started experimenting with drugs, um, running with older people, sneaking around. And um, when I was about 13, I started getting high. Uh, just, you know, I smoked weed or I would drink if I found a beer or something. Just, And then by the time I was about 16, I started taking pills. Um, pain pills and, and and different antidepressants and that kind of thing that I could get my hands on. And then uh, by the time I was oh by the time I was sixteen really I was a I was a full blown drug addict. Like I had to have it or I was sick. And um I remember the first time I ever really got uh withdrawal I was kinda of sheltered as a kid, so you know, this is kind of a story too of it doesn't matter what kind of home you're brought up in. It doesn't matter if you're brought up in church. You know, if there's any young kids listening, you can go to church with your parents every single weekend. But if you don't get a relationship with Jesus Christ and get indwelled with the Holy Ghost, it don't really matter. Um, you're still vulnerable to those things. Um, whenever I was about 16, I, I left the church out of church hurt. Um, my pastor did some things that was not becoming of a pastor. My youth minister did some things that was not becoming of a youth minister. And I got hurt over it, and I, I left the church completely. I stopped going completely. And when I did that, my life really spiraled out of control. Um, by the time I was 18, I was in bad shape on drugs. It's all I thought about every day. By the time I was 22, I was experimenting with methamphetamine. 
by the time I was 25, I had been arrested several times, several domestic charges, several, like you name it. I just was, I was a very bad person. I had a, I was, when God set me free, he didn't just set me free from addiction. He set me free from anger. He set me free from depression. He set me free from anxiety. He set me free from hatred. He set me free from so many other things other than addiction. But addiction was one of them. But when this happened, when I got arrested when I was 25, I got to thinking, hey, maybe I need to get some help. And I really wanted to get out of trouble was a big thing. So I was like, well, I'll get out of trouble. So I went to a Christian rehab, and it was the first time in years that I prayed and the first time in years that I read my Bible. And and I got a, I got a good start there I, I started to believe again and that's a good that's a good base you know to believe yes. a good it's a good start you know you got to believe you know, you've you got to come to him believing you know without faith you know everything's dead you know every, right. every, you got to have faith and then works so when I when I come to him um, when I come and got help hang on one second When I got help, sorry, I'm at work. You're fine. On a business now, God has blessed me with a, a very fruitful business, and um, it's a it's a blessing. We, you know, I never would imagine the things that's possible. But when I when I first started getting help, I believed again for a while, and and that was a good start. Um, and but the belief didn't set me free because the, the devil believes and trembles. You know, the devil believes and trembles. Right. You've got to have more than a belief. You know, there has to be a, a repentance. There has to be a turning from things. Yes. Um, I believe God is, you know, but that doesn't necessarily mean I love God. It doesn't necessarily mean that, if, you know, people that, if you love God, you obey God. That's you what know, the word he, says. Amen, brother. You say, you know, those people, <laughs> Love him by their, their by their obedience, and also right. says he, he also said he gives the Holy Ghost, which is his Spirit, to those who obey him. So, I spent another three or four years in disobedience and in rebellion, and a lot of the problem I had was the root, and I'm still digging that root out is the root of rebellion. I want to do things my way, the way I want to do things, and I want to do things that suit my flesh and what I, my desires more than what I wanted God's will to be done. And it's a root of rebellion. It's the same thing that Satan got kicked out of heaven for. The root of it That's right. is, a, is a rebellious spirit. It's I want to be my own God. I want to do what I want to do. And so I got, when I was 30, 31, I started repenting. And when I said I started repenting, it was, it was a, a, a stop and go. I, I would, things would get bad and I would, I would try for a, a minute to do better, but I still wasn't surrendering. But when I was 32, and see, I, I, there's been times I've told this part of my testimony and there's been times that I haven't. And when I don't, I always regret it. So the next part's going to sound. Low with the you, Lord, honey. If he's had, putting it on your heart, you just say it. 
if you don't believe in the supernatural, if you don't believe that God can 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 take a situation and supernaturally change it, the next couple minutes is going to sound crazy to you. But if you ever knew me before and you know me now, you would say, man, something had to happen. <laughs> he was bad. I've had people say, look, I see you now and I see you from before. And I'm like, there's got to be a God. <laughs> testimony of the deliverance and healing of a powerful God. That's it. It's power. There's, there's power in this thing. But I started praying and asking God and I never really heard anybody. Nobody had ever preached to me to pray this. You know, nobody ever said, you know, pray this prayer and God will, God will change your life. You know, I've heard a lot of things preached in my lifetime, hundreds and hundreds of messages I've heard preached. As a kid, I was in church three days a week, sometimes more. But I started praying, God, confirm that you're real. Mm. I, I want to believe. And I have an, a little bit of belief, but as he said, God, I believe, help my unbelief. I, yes. I have, I have belief, but there's so much unbelief in me that I need, I need you to do something. I, I need you to move in a way that when I get done seeing it, that I'm like, you know what? There is no doubt God's real. I, I need that. And when I did that, when I started praying that, God started doing things in my life. You know, I would be looking at things and like a video would pop up. And, you know, one of the big things that had me bound was the idea of evolution and all the ideas of that, all the false teaching that I was taught as a kid that I came from a monkey and that the the universe exploded out of nothing from nothing and created everything and then it rained on rocks and rocks made primordial soup and then from that soup came a you know came a, a organism and then from that organism came you know and, and all that to me before I knew any better kind of made sense and now I look at back on it and I'm like that's the dumbest thing I ever heard that's the dumbest religion in the world you got to have more uh, faith in that. You gotta have more faith that that nothing, everything came from nothing. Then you would have to have to believe that God existed. And I can put a pile of rocks out here in this driveway and let it rain on it for millions of years. And guess what? It's gonna be a pile of rocks a million right. years. Now. You know, it, it's when you look at it, it, the way that I started looking at it's the dumbest thing I ever seen. <laughs> but right. I, but just out of nowhere, I found a video popped up. It's Kent Hovind. And Kent Hovind teaches creation science. And it was like my mind was blown. And, and anybody out there that struggles with, with creationism and, and where the universe come from, and they've been programmed from a kid to think that they might just come, their, their great, 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 great granddaddy might be a monkey. You need to really look up Kent Hovind and look. I don't agree with a lot of his doctrine, but I agree with his creation science. And look up creation. Look up Kent Hovind creation seminar. And, but long story short, I, I could go on for an hour, but I prayed that God would show me he was real. I was sitting in my room one night, and a lady had a sister who had passed away. She was special needs. She was 15 years old. And 
special needs girl. She was in a bound to a wheelchair. She was sick. I'd watched for months. I didn't know the girl, but you kind of get invested sometimes on Facebook. You know, you see the situation, and you're like, man, that's, you know, that's rough. Now, keep in mind, I hadn't cared about nothing but myself for about 15 years. I mean, I had little moments of I care about people, but really it wasn't like true compassion I was having on anybody for sure. a long time. I had compassion, and God shows up in compassion. When you're yes. compassionate, God shows up on the scene because he's compassionate. And so yes. when you have compassion, then God's like, oh, okay, I can move in that because I work in compassion and love, and that's who I am. I am compassion and love. So when I had compassion, God showed up. But I texted this girl, her sister. She was, you know, mid-30s. Her sister was, you know, young, much younger. She might have been 30. Her sister was about 15, much younger than her. But her sister had helped raise her, helped raise her. So she was very invested in this and, and very tore up over her little sister passing away, her little special needs sister passed. And I texted her and I said, look, I want to tell you, that you know that I'm sorry for your loss. I know you don't know me, but your sister is in a in a better place. And at that moment, I started feeling it. I started feeling that her sister was in a better place. Mm. And then I could see her sister running and jumping and playing, and I could feel it in my spirit and I was crying and I was crying and almost speaking in tongues, and I was weeping, and I could see her sister running and jumping, a little girl who had been bound to a wheelchair, and I could see her running and jumping. And God gave me a glimpse of what that looks like and feels like. And I was sitting there crying and weeping. And when you run, this sounds crazy, but it's so true. When you run and jump in heaven. You don't run and jump like you do on earth. When you run and jump in heaven, you run and then you jump as far as you want to jump. Like <laughs> I don't jump that far. I, I jump I don't jump as far as I used to for sure. But when I run and jump, I may run and jump from here to the door, you know, six, seven feet. In heaven, look out three or four hundred yards from you or however far you can see. And picture being able to jump that far. Because wow. that's how it is there. You run. If you want to run and jump, you run and jump as far as you want to run and jump. And I could I feel that it. little doing that. And her feet would come down. Pop, 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 pop. I could feel the pressure. Pop, 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 pop. And I told that girl, I said, I can see your little sister running and jumping and playing. And she just didn't, she didn't understand. She was sure. like, well, thank you. You know, thank you for having, you know, basically thank you for having compassion and thanks for messaging me and, excuse me. So I figured, well, you know, that that's confirmation, but God wasn't done yet. So I laid down and I kept hearing a, a very still voice in my head saying, tell Missy I love her, tell Missy I love her. And... I said, man, I ain't texting this girl no more. She probably already thinks I'm crazy. It's late. <laughs> she just lost her little sister. I'm not texting her. And finally, I said, all right. I couldn't sleep. It kept, I kept hearing. <laughs> I messaged her. And when I messaged her, she said, 
I don't know me. I don't know a Missy. I said, do you know a Missy? She said, I don't. I said, all right, well, I'm probably just tired. I didn't go to bed. Kept hearing it. Kept hearing it. Five minutes later, I hear it the way it's actually being said. Tell Misty that I love her. Not Missy. Tell Misty. Mm -hmm. I messaged that girl. And I said, do you know a Misty? Not Missy, a Misty. I done stood up at this point because I could feel the spirit again. And I had my phone laying on a table like a chest of drawers. And I'm sitting here and there's a, the three little dots. Like the Sorry. three little that's all right. So like the three little dots that come up when somebody is messaging you. Right. On your messenger, yes. Those three, those three little dots come up, and I'm sitting here, and I'm crying, and I'm pounding my fist. And remember the prayer I prayed: God, confirm it, confirm that you're real. I'm beating my hand on a chest, on a chest of drawers, beating it, and I'm screaming. God, confirm you're real, confirm you're real, confirm you're real. And them three dots is there. And I just knew that the next message, I knew it. I, in my spirit, I knew it was going to change my life. And she messaged me back and said three letters, OMG. She said, Misty was her caretaker. And you had, before she died, she took care of her more than anybody besides myself. She was her, her personal caretaker. Mm, and you, no Lord. Way, you have no way of knowing that. I have never posted her online. How do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> Kate, Caitlin was a girl's name, wants you to know, wants you to tell Misty that she loves her. Mm. And I don't know why. Come to find out, Misty had lupus really bad and had been really sick and hadn't told nobody because she was taking care of that little girl and then wow. worried. Well, so how big is our God that that little girl come up there, got to, you know, don't pass go, don't collect $200, go straight to heaven. <laughs> She's up there. And she's saying, God, I just, I just would really like to tell Misty that I love her. And wow. I'm sitting, I'm sitting down here and I'm saying, <laughs> just confirm you're real. Just please confirm you're real. And God, at some point, without lifting a finger, said, I'm real. I'll let you tell Misty you love her. And he can he can get the idea that I'm real. Bam, there you go. Y'all just get together. And I'll allow that. It's not normal. It's not normal. But I will allow it one time just so he'll know you're real, that I'm real, and just so you can tell Misty that you love her. Wow. And from that moment on, like, my life was not the same. I, I knew You started pressing in hard after that, didn't you? Yes. I started looking... It was exciting because I knew God could, if God could let a little girl deliver a message through me, that he could heal me. And, and I didn't ask God to get sober. 
I ask God, God, take this desire away from me. Yes, yes. Take the desire for drugs away from me. Take the desire for sin away from me. Amen. Within within months, I was filled with the Holy Ghost. I spoke in tongues at the with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I had a whole new life. You know, I've heard of people you know, I've heard of people doing the same thing, but they didn't have the fruit afterward. Right. You know, I had fruit of it. You know, I mean, just I never cared about anybody but myself. I didn't even like animals much. And within like two months, I had adopted two, two rescue dogs. <laughs> started a youth, you know, youth group. Had you know started helping in the church as much as I could. You know, and that. That has been, and and I, you know, I still, you know, I'm not saying I don't have struggles, but I know when I have a struggle, I know where to go. I go to the secret. That's right. Go to the secret place. I go to the closet. That that is where my walk is made. It's where I make it or break it. I either. That's where transformation takes place. It started. It started with prayer. I mean, and it ends with prayer. You know, I prayed, God, God, show me you're real. And and then wow. I prayed, God, take this desire away from me. Now, he's a gentleman, so he's not going to rip things out of your hand. You know, I, I quit. When I quit doing drugs, I quit. I quit drinking. I quit smoking cigarettes, any kind of tobacco. Praise I, God. I quit I quit going to bars. I quit seeing. I quit seeing women with the wrong intentions. Right. I, instead of looking for a date, I started looking for a wife. Good for uh, you. Everything changed, and then yes. I said, "God, if you will help me do this, I will. Uh, if if you'll send me a wife, a good woman, then I, I'll I'll do all this." And God said, "I, I'm I'm God, not a woman." <laughs> you do it. You do it for me, right? First. Amen. Amen. Because if you want That's me right. to, send, then the fruit comes. Yeah, if you want me to send one of my daughters, <laughs> you're gonna you better be putting me first. <laughs> you're gonna serve it. God's a father. See, we forget that. We want God to send us a good-hearted woman or man. God ain't gonna send you one of His kids if you ain't ready. That's exactly right. You have got that'd to be, make him first. That'd be like me sending my daughter to date you when I know you ain't ready. That's right. That's right. But we don't have a lot of time left, so I want to go back and piggyback on a few things. First of all, so you're married now. How long have you been married? Well, first, how long have you been walking out your freedom? Uh, five years. Praise God. That's beautiful. How long have you been married? Uh, almost two. And how many children do you have? I got two stepkids and one kid. The stepkids, uh, they're, I mean, I, I love them to death. I consider them my, you know, mine. They have their yes. dads. So I consider myself their dad. Face nobody, but. And you're running a business. I'm running a business. We have a successful business here. It's very so, good. Look at the Lord. He has restored everything that the enemy was trying to take from you. Oh, I love it. How precious. <laughs> Not like my- it. It's like a That's chamber of your good. heart opens up you didn't know you had. <laughs> yeah, well, this has been a. I'm sorry. That's go ahead. Life, 
that's life that that came from somebody that should have been dead. That's right. That is exactly right. That's powerful. Well, I love the fact that first, I just want to go back and we only got a couple minutes left, but I want to hit on a couple things. First, y'all, church hurt. Don't let church hurt keep you away from the house of God because people will always let you down. And uh, the enemy used that to push Jason away so that he wouldn't be able to hear the truth. And we know that we have to hear faith comes by hearing here by the word. So his faith was not being built. He, you know, he was being susceptible to the world system. And I love what you said about the legal right. And we really don't have time to go into all that. But my gosh, you guys, listen, we open the doors, okay? Close the doors in your life. So we've only got about, you know, four or five minutes left. So why don't you real quick, give them some things that you feel is beneficial. Someone's watching this, okay? So give us a couple keys of what you recommend for them to walk out the freedom. Because I know you went to a program, you got a level of freedom, but behavior modification will only take you so far. So just real quick, give them a couple tips on what what you, you know, feel led by the Lord. Well, if church hurts, if church hurt causes you to leave the church, you was never in church for God to begin with. Come on. That's good. Because if your relationship with God depends on people being good people, you're never going to have a relationship with God. That's right. Have a bad heart. We all have to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling for a reason. Amen. We have to work it out. Um, That's right. He, for me, was to seek power. Jesus went to the cross for. Amen. Not the idea of Jesus. So many people, they go to church or they, you know, they even when you read your Bible and, and it's an idea. It, it's not a tangible. It's an intellectual power. thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was it just, even if it, you know, it's, it's the idea. Okay. And, and it's in a lot of church services, you know, it's, it's, that's a nice service. You know, that, that was nice. You know, I walk, you know, you, if you walk out of a church service consistently saying that was a nice service and I enjoyed that and, 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 and something's wrong. There should be you're times, not being convicted. <laughs> there's, right. There should be times that you walk out of your church that you say that hurt. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was painful. My toes hurt, you know? Yeah. And there should be times that you walk out of a church that you say, that was powerful. Man, God moved. And there was on an altar weeping and crying and changing and the spirit of God was moving on people. And that, that guy, man, I, you know, he come up and, 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 and and the Holy ghost fell and things changed tonight. Yes. Amen. You can't, you know, I love, you know, I, I love a lot of, you know, a lot of different, churches that I've been in have, have moved like that, but I've also been in churches that you could go to for 20, 30 years and never change. And, 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 and they're set up for that. Yeah. If you go to a church and you never want to change and you never feel the spirit of God and the spirit of God's not preached and taught and the Holy Ghost is not preached and taught and you go to that church consistently and you walk out and say, that was a nice, that was nice. You're in a social club. You're not in a church. That's one of those ouch hallelujahs right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and right. it, it's hard to it's hard to uh, come to grips with sometimes because our mama went to that church, or our aunts and uncles went to that church, and I've been going to that church since I was a kid. Well, you've been doing wrong since you was a kid. Mom and daddy right. was wrong. 
Yes, if it's not transforming you consistently, then it's conditioning you. <laughs> then it's conditioning. That's right. Yeah. But That's right. on top of it, it starts with prayer. Everything starts in prayer and starts in, in, truth, in truth. And you got to ask God to open you up to the truth of the scripture. You know, He had to open the disciples' eyes up to the yes. to the truth of the scripture. That's the disciples. They walk with Jesus. That's right. So you yeah. you can't you can't figure. Well, I'm going to read this book right here as a human being and get it because that's even right. The, Amen. It takes a spiritual eyes. Amen. It takes spiritual eyes. But seek the Holy Ghost. Read, you know, Luke and Acts. If you read Luke and Acts together, those two books coincide beautifully. Yes, they and do. If you want to see what the first church looked like, the first church, Amen. you'll find Jesus describing the first church and telling them at the end of Luke, they say, he says, you I, you pre preach repentance, starting yes. in Jerusalem. And that's and what then, we need today because a lot of it's not going on. But Jason, we're out of time and I absolutely love your testimony and the power of God and how you yielded to that. So listen, you guys, press in. Go back and rewatch this. He, he dropped some nugget bombs here. I'm just saying. So I want to thank you for being here with me today. Thanks for the opportunity. Well, I love your testimony. It's very powerful. Somebody go get set free today. We'll see you here next time on Keys to Your oh, Best hey, Life. God bless. One more, Wait. One more thing. We have recovery my church does a recovery place. It's called R3 Recoveries for men. I'm going to put that link in the bottom. I also work with women's recovery. So if anybody, awesome. needs, if anybody needs true spirit-filled help, it's out there. Amen. Amen. I'll put the link in the chat stream. God bless you. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, ma'am.